Hello, Dick. Hi, boys. Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs 38, the Eagles 35. Where did this Super Bowl rate for you overall? Well, I think it was a, it was a tremendous game. I think there are quite a few people, uh, especially those that were cheering for the Eagles, that thought we were robbed of a, an amazing two-minute potential you know, game-tying or game-winning uh, situation where Jalen Hurts could have gotten the ball, but uh, that was taken away by the James Bradbury holding call. And uh, instead, the Chiefs were able to, uh, to you know, milk all the clock, kick the game-winning field goal. So that was really the only downside of it and really was only a downside for people that, that wanted the Eagles to win. Other than that, I thought it was a spectacularly entertaining Super Bowl with ebbs and flows and different storylines. I mean, there was a point there, guys, where when, when Patrick Mahomes went down and he's grim, you see that right into the camera where he's just grimacing and he's limping onto the, onto the sidelines and he's sitting there you know, with his head back on the, on the bench. And, you know, I, I thought it was done. I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought Patrick Mahomes needed to be the real Patrick Mahomes for the chiefs to win that game. And sure enough, the real Patrick Mahomes came out of the locker room and threw one incompletion the entire second half. And he did uh, what chiefs fans hope he would do. And that is be the greatest quarterback of this generation. And on track. I mean, long way to go, but on track to be in the conversation for greatest of all time because he has matched everything. Actually, he has exceeded what Tom Brady has done, at least in terms of MVPs over six years. He's got two Super Bowl MVPs and two regular season MVPs in his first six seasons. Tom Brady didn't do that. Dick, what we might do, your connection's not the best, so we might just reestablish that connection with Dick there uh, and uh, get back in touch with him. But uh, we're also going to talk to him about, as I mentioned, the golf earlier this morning. Gowie's coming up. Tiger Woods is playing this weekend at the Genesis uh, Invitational, isn't it, over there in the States? And he was making some comments yesterday about just how difficult it's been. And there's actually a a Netflix, you know, we've seen Drive to Survive. Uh, there's the tennis one out. Golf's got one uh, coming out, I think. I think it's actually just come out. Uh, but it will give a huge, obviously, behind-the-scenes look at the... Who do they follow? Uh, do various PGA players. Right. So it will give us a real behind-the-curtains look at, you know, obviously, the live v PGA Tour yeah. scenario. So it might be the best of the lot, well, considering what's going on. Well, isn't it funny now that these type of um, docos are the ones that people want to watch? And I think sports now are well aware of the impact it can have. So they're allowing it. To happen, whereas five years ago, you know, people were, and, and I'm, I'm, I was for, uh, one of these people that was like, nah, you, you don't go in there, you just don't go down that path. But it seems like all sports now are contemplating doing it, and it looks as like it's going to be the way of the future. I think we've got you back there, Dick. You there? Apologize for that, boys. You were talking about Patrick Mahomes, Dick, but can I ask you if Jalen Hurts played for? Kansas City, do you think they still would have won? And Jalen Hurts, I thought he possibly could have beat MVP on a losing side. Or does that, it doesn't well, work Jaylen, like that. He, yeah, Jalen Hurts would have been the MVP had the Eagles won that game. I, you know, I agree with most people that said the Eagles have a better roster than the Chiefs outside the quarterback position. So I think if you swapped quarterbacks, I think that would have been a fairly easy win for the Eagles if you had Patrick Mahomes because the Eagles, I feel, are a better team. 
But the only reason I was picking the Chiefs, there were, there were two re reasons, guys. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And we saw how special Patrick Mahomes was. And we saw how special Andy Reid was in that second half. Think about how wide open those two touchdown plays were at the goal line. I mean, that is just master's class level offensive coordinator work by Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. I mean, to get to get guys on one side of the end zone open by 10 yards and then later on another another guy open by 10 yards on the right side of the end zone. Those plays shouldn't happen ever. They shouldn't happen in week two of the regular season, mm -hmm. let alone in the Super Bowl. You should never be able to scheme a guy open by 10 yards, let alone do it twice in one half. That was just just masterful by Andy Reid. Dick, so do you think the two defining factors, the difference between the two teams were quarterback and coach? Absolutely, because I think at the line of scrimmage, while Kansas City played very, very well, Kansas City's offensive line did not receive nearly as much praise going into this game as Philadelphia's mm -hmm. defensive line did. But Kansas City's offensive line was number one in allowing sacks in the uh, in the entire NFL, so they were ready for this. But I think that the general common sense was Philadelphia's line of scrimmage play on both sides of the ball was better than Kansas City's, and if Kansas City wanted to win, they needed Patrick Mahomes to be an MVP-type player, and he certainly was. But they got the running game going, guys, too. We talked about Pacheco last week. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco right off the bat, running hard, getting six yards per carry. We, I mean, we talked about the difference, the, the massive difference between getting three yards a carry and getting four and a half, five yards a carry. Well, Pacheco was averaging six yards a carry, and that just opens everything up for that Kansas City passing game. He was superb, Pacheco. Mm. But uh, from an Australian perspective, uh, I guess Jordan Mylata, he uh, was superb because he, he certainly looked after Jalen Hurts. But uh, I can only imagine what Aaron Sipos is copping in Philadelphia because that punt turned out to be very, very costly. One of the real, I guess, crucial points of the second half, Dick. It did, and, and I'm not putting it on the punter. Sometimes... Uh, sometimes a punt return is the punter's fault, and I'll explain what, you, what I mean. If the punter outkicks his coverage and has no, you know, no thought about the coverage team, and he's just like, I'm just going to kick it as far as I can. I'm going to kick it low line drive. Those are the worst types of punts. That really wasn't this situation. This was a massive breakdown by the punt coverage team. In fact, the punter was the only guy on the correct side of the field to try to make a tackle. It was just, it was something that obviously Kansas City saw on film that they could that they could block all the way down to the to the right side of the to the field and that Philadelphia would overcommit to one side. I counted 10 players on one side of a field. You should never on punts and kickoffs. I'm sure it's similar in in Aussie rules and in rugby. You got to stay in your lanes. You can't overcommit and put your entire team on one side of the field or that opens up a big time return and Kadarius Tony made one of the plays of the game with that return. I see Philly have lost their defensive coach and offensive coach for next season. They've both been named as head coaches of um, other other teams, Dick, the, the Colts and the Arizona. But just with Jonathan Gannon, I mean, they did come into this game uh, with a great defensive record, but they conceded plenty in the Super Bowl. So do you think Arizona would be sort of second-guessing themselves now? Well, a lot of people are second-guessing Arizona right now. Arizona is one of the, the big disasters in the NFL. There are, there are very few teams right now in the NFL that you look at and just say, wow, they've got no direction, they've got bad salary cap, and Arizona is one of them. You just kind of have to trust Philadelphia fans and Philadelphia media on how big a loss it is, and they are seeing the Shane Steichen going to the Colts as a far bigger loss 
than they're seeing Jonathan Gannon go to Arizona. I mean, you're looking at Twitter, and Eagle fans are rejoicing that Jonathan Gannon's gone, and, and I think rightfully so. I mean, we just talked about the the adjustments, guys, at halftime. Andy Reid against Jonathan Gannon, and it was a complete mismatch. Andy Reid destroyed Jonathan Gannon in the second half of that Super Bowl. So as a Seahawk fan, I'm glad that Jonathan Gannon and Kyler Murray are in my uh, my division. <laughs> okay, Aaron Rodgers on the darkness retreat. <laughs> we have a market on what his next team will be at Tab, and oh. the, the Raiders are the favourites at $2.45, Green Bay $3.50, and then it's the New York Jets at $4. Now, I'm tempted to have something on the Jets here. I've just got a feeling they're going to do something, Dick. What is the, um, I guess, prevailing thought on where he will be at the start of next season? Oh, man, guys, Aaron Rodgers is the most difficult human being to predict in in all of sports. Um, uh, The Jets are going to come after him. There's no question about that. Uh, They I think they feel like they're an Aaron Rodgers away from really competing favorably with the Bills in that division and potentially being a, you know, 11, 12 win team and and getting a high seed in the AFC playoffs because their defense is there and their running game is there. I mean, Brees Hall's really good. He got injured. But when he comes back, he's very, very good. Garrett Wilson, the offensive uh, rookie of the year. So they've got a lot of talent on that Jets team. Uh, so I think that's probably the best fit for him, I would think, would be the Jets. The question is, does Aaron Rodgers, does he want the attention, right? I mean, he wants, like, social media attention. He always kind of wants to be out there. But does he want to be the guy in New York City? I, I just have no idea because he's kind of outside of his controlled podcasts. He's He's a recluse. You can't be a recluse in New York City. So Vegas is interesting as well with Derek Carr no longer being there. I think that's probably a wash. I don't think the Raiders get any better necessarily bringing Aaron Rodgers in versus what they had in Derek Carr because I've always been kind of a pro Derek Carr guy myself. Where does he end up then, Dick? Derek Carr? He should go to the NFC South. I mean, he should go to the Panthers, uh, the Saints, one of those teams in the NFC South because now with Tom Brady gone – that division is wide open. It is the most wide open, all I need is a quarterback to win the division situation. Uh, all four of those teams are without quarterbacks. All four of those teams are very, very mediocre. As we saw, the, the, I mean, the, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady won the division with a losing record. So that tells you all you need to know about the rest of the division. I mean, one team that gets a, a, a legitimate quarterback there, even a semi-legitimate quarterback, is going to be able to go 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and, and win that division. Dick, in golf, we're about to see the great Tiger Woods back. We are, boys. Uh, not the greatest course for Tiger. Mm. Um, he's never won there in his prime. I certainly don't expect him to do very well there this week. It'd be great to see him make the cut, but... Uh, I don't know. I think this is going to be a warm-up for him, and, and potentially we'll see him a time or two again before the Masters. I wouldn't be surprised if he was at Bay Hill. He, he loves that course. Talk about a course that uh, Tiger's been able to destroy. Uh, it's been Arnold, Arnold Palmer's course at Bay Hill. But it's just great to see Tiger back. The, the, the PGA Tour is better with Tiger Woods. And, uh, you know, this is a ball striker's de- delight at Riviera this week. And, you know, I look, I like these two guys that are just red hot right now that have won tournaments lately. I mean, riding the hot hand of Scotty Scheffler and Max Homa, uh, two guys that have won the, the last three events on the PGA Tour. I'm, I'm kind of sticking with those guys this week. And at the NBA, we got the All-Star game coming up. I mean, it is just yeah, almost a waste of time, isn't it now, Dick? But uh, particularly <laughs> interested in what's going on in Brooklyn because uh, we saw some comments from Jacques Vaughan the other day saying he, even he doesn't really know what to do with Ben Simmons. 
he's now clearly the highest paid player on that side, taking up $35 million, I think, US in uh, their salary cap. And yet, the other day, I think he played 13 minutes and got two points. So, uh, Brooklyn, that is a bit of a tyre fire now after losing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Well, yeah, it's, it was an uh, experiment failed, right? I mean, uh, we really didn't have any idea how those guys were going to play together. We all knew the talent was there. I mean, if you just look at the talent on the on the floor with, with Brooklyn, it was as good as any team in, in the NBA. But you need more than talent to win championships. You need cohesion. You need teams that have been together for a long time. And that's what we're seeing in Boston with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. It's what we're seeing in Milwaukee with, with Giannis and those guys that they have just been together so long. They play excellent defense. Uh, Brooklyn did neither of those things. And... Uh, yeah, I think it's just – you can't get rid of Ben Simmons. I mean, you have to either play him or you just have to cut him. I mean, no, nobody's going to trade anything for Ben Simmons uh, because it's not an expiring contract. So um, I think you're just going to have to wait until uh, Ben Simmons has an expiring contract and then deal him off. Mate, enjoy. Thank you so much. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week.